of this uh, this problem. I, I have a real hard time standing up here by myself, so I always like bring ringers. And so I got a bunch of ringers here tonight. So you guys, can you come up here? Duichi and Kelly and Shad. Is Shad back there? Paul Antliner's up here. Are you going to play the guitar? <laughs> you can't have Paul like in front without doing something with the guitar or something like that. So, so who else is here? Meredith is over there. <laughs> you know, it's so it's so awesome. I was standing here and I was just praying, and um, you know, I started seeing um, so many of you that I know and uh, that I've known in either just a small way or a big way. And I just started feeling um, just the sense of God's heart. And, you know, I just love you guys. I just, you know, I love you so much. You know, I've had the most amazing, you know, I know what it's like to not have God. And I know what it's like to be in despair and to be in a pit. And I'm telling you, it is so awesome that God has made a way for us to just have people that we love around us all the time. And I'm just sitting here, and I'm just overwhelmed by the love of God that he has for all of us in here. It's just so awesome. It's exciting. So I have some good friends. I'm going to have them introduce themselves. Uh, and uh, these are some of my wild and crazy people that we get to hang out with. So, <laughs> Hi, my name is Duachi. And hi. Hi. <laughs> um, I hang out with John. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kelly. And yes, I don't know. What else, what else do you guys like to know? What did we do recently? Yeah, we, we went to Mexico. And then after Mexico, we hit it off with two harbors. And then after two harbors, now we're going to hit it off with our conference coming up in June. So we're hoping to see all your faces there. And I'm Shad, and uh, some of you maybe have heard John talk about, you know, it's, we do work with young adults of all ages. And so I kind of joined John to, to represent more of the other ages. <laughs> and so I am blessed to be here with you guys. I uh, get so, uh, you know, there's something that's happening with kids nowadays. I call them kids. You guys. <laughs> um, you know, I wasted many years of my life just floundering around claiming to be a Christian but having no real relationship and no fruit of it and I wasted all these years just on nothing and I look out and I see you guys and some of you I know some of you I've been on the street with and prayed with and you get to do this now you get to do this at your age you get to to start off and not waste all that time and it's, it's God. He's moving. He's moving. And, and, and it's you guys that are, are carrying that. And so it just excites me to be here, to be able to work with you guys, to get to know you, to watch the fire of God in each of your lives and watch people being changed. As they, you know, we get to watch people. We, we think about the idea of praying for a dead person and them rising, but they're still going to die. We get to go out on the streets and we get to watch them go from eternal death to eternal life forever you know so amen praise god and i'm just glad to be here <laughs> thanks thank you guys so this is just a small part of our crew and um 
You know what? We're gonna. I'm gonna have Paul. Uh, Paul's gonna share. We're gonna tag team today, and I'm gonna have him play some. But I just want. I, I just wanted you to think about something. You know, I was talking with Jake when we came in, and you know the the thing about the Holy Spirit that's so awesome is the Holy Spirit is a seal. You know, when you have an encounter, you know that we have an enemy, and you know what the enemy likes to do? He steals, and he lies, and he wants to kill us. He wants to rip us off. The thing about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, when God does something in our life, the, the gift that we have, the promise of the Father is that he comes and he seals those things and he sets them in place so that they can't be stolen. You know, when God sets something in you, the only way that, you, that it can be taken for, from you is if you let it go. You know, he gives us things to hold on to and to grab on to. And he gives us the capacity by the Spirit to walk into that. So I just want to encourage you to just press in as Jake and I were talking. You know, there's something that the Lord just sets with me. We were talking about eternal life. And, you know, God is all about relationship. You know, we're going to talk about uh, the, the, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, Jesus said if you do these two things, everything else will fall into place. That's all. Those two things, everything that we get to love the Lord our God with all our heart. And we get to love our neighbor as ourself. And you know, the thing that's so awesome about it is both of those, when we're, when we're walking with the Lord the way that he's directing us to, both of those things, they're eternal relationships. You know, the relationships that I have with, with Meredith and with all of you guys, those are things that are going to be for eternal life. We can't, even, we can't even fathom what God wants to do. As, he, as we take and we, ex- and we, and we, we extend ourselves and we begin to connect with the people that God puts in our life, and then we ask him to seal those relationships by the Holy Spirit that are eternal. They have a value that is like beyond anything that we can imagine. And I believe that what Jesus was sharing when he's saying this, he said, if you grasp on to do these two things, this is an inheritance that's going to be with you for eternity. So I just want to let my brother lead us in worship. So. Well, let's sing this one here together. I think you guys probably know it. it's really simple. Come and take your place in the center of our hearts. Come and take your place. Come and take your place. The center of our hearts, come and take your place. Oh, oh, oh my soul and my soul longs for you, Lord. You Take your place. Come and take your place in the center of our hearts. Come and take your place in the center of our hearts. Come and take your place in the center of our hearts. Come and take your place. Oh, oh, oh. 
Is it safe for me to unplug this ball? Thanks. <laughs> wow, I could get used to this on Sunday mornings too. Just <laughs> so the Pharisees confront Jesus and trying to to trap him in his you know, get him on something wrong in his theology, but Jesus not just has perfect theology, but is perfect theology. And um, so they ask him, what's, what's the Torah about? What's all the law and the prophets about? He says, oh, it's, it's really simple. It's in loving, your, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And that's really simple, theoretically. I wanted to read something to you guys from A.W. Tozer. And um, if, you, if I was to give you a summer reading list and give you one book for the summer, pick up The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. Anybody ever read that book before? Okay. I'm trying to get my screen to flip back to normal here so I can read this for you.
How do we love God? We can get a right start only by accepting God as He is and learning to love Him for what He is. As we go on to know Him better, we shall find it a source of unspeakable joy. I saw some of that joy tonight. (laughs) A source of unspeakable joy. That God is just what He is. Some of the most rapturous moments we will know will be, uh, we know will be those spent in reverent admiration of the Godhead. Clint, I don't know if you just made up that thing about the Trinity on the spot or. Well, you shouldn't tell people that. Just tell them you made because <laughs> that was really good. I'm gonna. That's gonna be my Facebook profile tonight, and I'll, I'll, I'll quote you as the source. <laughs> So, <laughs> Clint Wilson. You can get his book after. No. <laughs> Pretty soon. Soon enough. Soon enough. I'm serious about that, too. So let us begin with. So let us begin with God. Back of all, above all, before all is God. First in sequential order, above in rank and station, exalted in dignity and honor, as the self existent one. He gave being to all things, and all things exist out of Him and for Him. We can just say Selah right there. (laughs) Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Every soul belongs to God and exists by His pleasure. God being who and what He is. And we being who and what we are, the only thinkable relation between us is one of full lordship on his part and complete submission on ours. We owe him every honor that it is in our power to give him. Our everlasting grief lies in giving him anything less. And the source of all our depression and misery and everything that we see in in our generation wrestling with is the grief that's found in settling for anything less than giving him our full lordship. Such complete heartache and brokenness lies in all these lesser pursuits in this age. And I'm just, I'm so excited. I was just so excited to be back in this room here with you guys tonight and seeing all of you, you guys get that. I'm I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. Um, You get it. And so we're, we're going to be celebrating next weekend, uh, among many things, we're celebrating Pentecost. And we, this room looks, to me, what I picture Pentecost looking a lot like. A bunch of people in a sweaty room. <laughs> yeah. it was, it's messy. It's a little bit chaotic, but it's simply beautiful. And one of the things, I don't know who mentioned this, that, that stood out to me when I was just looking around the room, is when the Spirit starts to move, our first response, of course, is to worship the Lord. But the second response, which is the second part of that great commandment, I saw it in here, is people reaching out and touching each other. And it's just natural to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, it's supernatural. It's naturally supernatural to reach out. And I just, I just loved it, looking at everybody and my heart standing next to John. I just want to embrace this guy. It's the Holy Spirit within me. And the Holy Spirit within him and the Holy Spirit within you 
causing your heart to just leap out of your chest and want to hug the person next to you. And the world needs that. Man, I don't think, uh, as I look and watch, watch the news and we see what's been going on with our weather even, uh, I've been so moved by Romans 8. The, the reality that creation is groaning and creation was placed under subjection and under its own frustration, not by its own choice, but by the choice of somebody else. But what it's waiting for and groaning for in eager anticipation are the people in this room tonight. The people in this room, the sons and daughters of God, it's groaning for that liberation. I saw somebody on the news the other day, um, or I saw a quote, I should say, uh, from somebody in Joplin, Missouri. Has anybody seen some of these pictures of Joplin? I mean, it looks like Hiroshima. It's devastating. It's simply devastating. This quote, this really, really, this tore me apart on the inside. Somebody says, Somebody was getting interviewed and they said, you know, people call this stuff an act of God, but I don't see God anywhere in this. Where I see God is in the people that are helping to clean up this mess. I don't know what John's going to share from one of his life verses, his life passages, Isaiah 58, I, I think. <laughs> we'll see where it goes, but um, that's the plan tentatively. And one of the things that we see when we get filled with the Holy Spirit is we step into our rightful role as being the, the copycats of Jesus. He's the Son, the only begotten Son, the only one of the same substance of the Father, but we get endowed with that same Spirit to become the sons and daughters of God. And it is our job to liberate creation from its frustration. And man, sometimes, guys, it just weighs so heavy on my heart, the frustration that we experience between now and the time that is to come when Revelation 21, heaven comes down and earth gets made right to its original plan and its original destiny. But in that space, we experience this frustration. And we got to have the Holy Spirit. we got to have the Holy Spirit. And the only way we get the Holy Spirit is by in each moment submitting our hearts to the Lord. Just like we just sang, saying, come take the plate, your place at the center of our heart. And each moment, not just in these events, not just... Super wild about the conference next week, and it's going to be a launching point for a lot of stuff. But the real movements of the Holy Spirit come in the moment-to-moment, day-to-day grind of life, where you submit yourself to the Spirit in that moment and say, come and take your place in the center of my life. When you're frustrated with that coworker, when you're staying up all night for your exam, when you're up in the middle of the night with a screaming kid who's not feeling well. In each one of those moments, you're submitting yourself to the Holy Spirit. And that's where you get the empowerment to do the things that creation needs you to do. And I know John's going to share about this, but in Isaiah 58, it, it, it talks about the fasting, the real fasting and the real worship that God desires. And he's preparing in us through song. He gives us these songs like we've sung tonight to soften our hearts and prepare us for moments outside of the song where we get an opportunity where a God encounter with somebody on the streets or you just bump into somebody at, at, a, at a restaurant like you guys are going to do tonight and you have that moment where it's in the balance, it's hanging in the balance whether or not you are going to step out and say what the Holy Spirit's put on your heart. But because you've prepared yourself in each one of these moments, these songs have fueled you so that when you get to that moment, there is no decision. <laughs> you say, 
Come and take your place at the center of my heart. And you respond and the Holy Spirit empowers you to liberate that person from the darkness that they've been entrapped in. And the reality is, guys, the reality is this. We are still, Satan was mortally wounded and ultimately defeated on the cross. But we still live in a period in which the prince and power and ruler of this air still has some rulership and domain that we still see this frustration in. This is where this frustration comes from. And so we get the empowerment of the same Jesus that defeated Satan on the cross to go into these moments, moment by moment, whatever your experience is, and bring that liberation. Next weekend, just... I would invite you guys out to this because one of the things that's going to happen is we're going to have a a celebration of Pentecost, which is next. It's celebrated next Sunday, but we're going to take some time next weekend to, to do it officially. And we're also um, one of the things that's really, really going to be cool about this is I've never been a part of a gathering in which we have spirit filled Catholic priests and bishops, Lutheran ministers, charismaniacs, Pentecostals all in the same room together. Um, giving preference to one another. I honest, I've never, I've been in the church my entire life and I've never seen anything like this. So uh, I think that is going to be a great example of what happens in that second part of the, the great commandment. To love your neighbor, which can often be the Christian that you split hairs on doctrine with. To love them as yourself. And when we do that, and we, we uh, respond to Jesus' prayer that we would be one even as he and the Father are one. We're going to see really, really wild, fun stuff. And I'm so glad to be doing it with you guys. <laughs> you guys are coming from all over the place. I just want to say it's such an honor. I mean, I, I, every time I'm around Paul, I feel an immense honor to be in this guy's presence. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not just saying that. Even as, boy, there was just, I was taking notes Almost literally, I was taking notes in my head of how Paul, when the Holy Spirit was moving, how you were given direction and comfort, and especially to those that this is a new experience for. I'm just, I, all that to say, guys, I'm honored, and you guys should all be honored together to be running in this race diligently with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's a wild time to be alive. I've never seen anything like it. So, glad to do it with you guys. It's going to be fun. <laughs> This is what Paul is talking about. We um, we uh, we started uh, last year. We got had the privilege of uh, inviting this guy. Who knows Pastor Morris Vagnus here? Some of you guys know Pastor Vagnus. Pastor Vagnus has been my pastor since I came to the to the Twin Cities back in 1993. And uh, about five years ago, he called me up and he said, "How'd you like to come and pray?" I said, "Sure." <laughs> And uh, so we started praying, and we started praying every Monday. Um, and we've prayed, uh, except we start, we, our, th- our schedule's kind of shifted at the beginning of this year, but for four years we prayed every Monday uh, at North Heights in Roseville for the Holy Spirit to pour out again. And in the middle of the, in two years into it, we were praying one day. It was just uh, him and I, and um, he started telling me about this. He start, we, we were praying about some things, and he started to talk about this guy who is, uh, he, his name is uh, Father Renero Cantalamesa, and some of you guys came last year in November 
to um, to North Heights when uh, when he came, and he's uh, he's this guy. He got filled with the Holy Spirit in 1978 uh, at uh, a charismatic renewal conference in Kansas City, and uh, he uh, is kind of funny. Just the short story is that. Uh, he, he didn't really understand things of the Holy Spirit in the context of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, these charismatic Catholics in Rome uh, decided to send him on a, a free vacation to Kansas City. And, uh, and he got excited. He goes, and they said, well, we want you to go to this conference and we'll pay for it and we'll fly you to, fly you to Kansas City to go to this conference. And, uh, and, he's, and he thought... Well, I get a free vacation, and all I got to do is go to this conference for a little while. I guess I'll do it. And he went, and there was 50,000 spirit-filled believers, <laughs> Lutheran, Catholic, Episcopal, all in this place in Kansas City. And, uh, and, and uh, when he was, he was standing in the middle of it, and he had a vision. And in the vision, he saw this banner over, over this whole crowd of people, and it said that Jesus is Lord. And uh, he ended up, during that conference, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's an amazing story because shortly after that, he was the, um, he was the head of this large um, uh, uh, school, Franciscan University in Rome. And, uh, and shortly after that, God told him to resign uh, his position as the head of this uh, university and to, um, and to uh, become an itinerant preacher. And uh, so he, he starts thinking about that and... He, uh, he tells his superior about it, and the superior says, well, you're going to have to wait one year, and if at the end of one year you still feel like God wants you to resign your job as the head of this university, then I'll, I'll release you to do it. And, uh, and so he, he prays, and he, and he does that, and towards the end of that year, um, he just decides that that's what God wants him to do. And uh, after he makes that decision, he gets a phone call from Pope John Paul. And Pope John Paul says, I want you to be my preacher at the papal household. And so he ended up uh, getting offered this itinerant preacher role of preaching in the Vatican to the Pope. And uh, in his first sermon, he came right out and he shared about being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, and, and he's had influence. He's, uh, you know, he's had influence. So, so, so Pastor Wagner had he'd done a conference with this guy and, uh, and a couple conferences, and he said, you know, we really, you know, in order for God to move in the Twin Cities, we have to have the body of Christ come back together again. I mean, you know, we, you're t- talking about theology, and, you know, Jesus is good theology. In fact, there's nothing, there, there's nothing else but Jesus. And, you know, when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, and he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's uh, blood coming out of his pores, you know what his prayer is? He's praying, Father, make them one just as we are one. You know, God's one. God's whole. God's complete. God's not separated. He's not segmented. He's complete. In fact, it's interesting. When you hear the word cult, the word cult, you know, when you, when you hear about people that are in cults, the word cult means part. And it's interesting because what, what, what that's inferring is that somebody has a part of the truth and they get all fired up on their little piece of the truth, and they get all totally whacked out and off because they don't have the whole. 
And God is whole. God is complete. And so God has called us to be complete, just as he's complete. So uh, Pastor Wagner really had this burden that we needed to find some way. We needed to pray and ask God for a strategy to bring the body of Christ back together again. And so we started praying, and we prayed for six months. We talked about this guy, Father Renero. And after about six months, I was sitting one day, and I just said, I'm just going to send him an email. And I did. And it was really interesting because he sent me an email, email this guy, Father Nero, sent me an email back from Rome. And he said, I'm too old. I'm not uh, traveling anymore. And then I said, oh, that's, that's great. You know, and we just kept praying. Two weeks later, he sent me an email. He said, the, God, the Lord is telling me that I need to come to the Twin Cities. And I'll be here in one year, so I'll come and I'll speak at your, at your gathering. And it, it was very awesome. I didn't realize it, but at the same time that I'd sent that email two other groups of people had sent him an email asking him to come to the Twin Cities. And, you know, I want to encourage you guys. You know, I was sitting over there thinking about what do I want to tell you. You know, several years ago, God said to me, he said, we're starting to enter into awakening, so I want you to declare awakening. You know, we are in awakening now. If If you're confused about it, it's because you're not where you're supposed to be. If you go out and you get out in the street or someplace, you know, awakening is for people out in the streets that don't know God yet. And when you go out there, just as you shared, and you just are willing, it is so easy to see people come to God. If you believe that it's tough, shame on you. You're confused. Because if you just ask the Holy Spirit to come and lead you, every single time God will move. You know, that, you, know that, you know, if somebody doesn't know God, you know all you have to do? You don't have to tell them about theology. You don't have to convince them of anything. In fact, don't try to convince them of anything. Don't try. You know, all you have to do is say, listen, if you don't know if God's real, just ask him to prove it. You know, either God's big enough to prove that he's real or he's not. You know, he, he can either, he's either real or it's nonsense. It's not, it's, it's not one way or the other. It's either real or it's nonsense. And, you know, when I needed God, you know, when I grew up in the church and I, you know, I, had, I, I, I knew all about the Bible, all kinds of stuff, when I was in a pit, I said, God, if you're there, prove it. I'll, I'll serve you. You know, within one day, I knew without a, matter, without a doubt that God was real. And, and for 20 years now, he's proven himself to me faithfully over and over and over again. And, you know, you can tell every single person that same thing. That's all you have to do. Because if a person says, God, are you real? He'll always prove it. It's w- without a doubt. And so I just want to, you know, so, so, so he told me to start declaring. He said to me, he said, declare awakening and it'll come. Start telling everybody that you're in awakening. And they'll wake up. So that's what John the Baptist did, right? He said, wake up. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's not complicated. I, I dare you guys to go out on the streets and start walking up to people and say, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Watch what happens. <laughs> I do it all the time. It works. It works. All the time. It's really simple. 
just be filled with the Holy Spirit and do it. The second thing is, so, so a little bit later, you know, I started going to, um, I go to church wherever. I really don't care. You know, I, I go to Catholic churches and I pray. I go, I, go to, I, I go to black Pentecostal churches and I pray. I don't really care. Wherever God wants me to go, I go. And, you know, I was, uh, I was praying at this, this Catholic church in Maplewood. And I was just there by myself and I was just praying. And I was asking God, what do you think about all this? You know, how do you feel about this place? How do you feel about these people? You know, sometimes I don't even like them, but how do you feel about them? And you know what? All of a sudden, I had this vision of the Holy Spirit hovering over the altar. And I could feel, just like, in in fact, when I was praying about it, I could feel, um, it it felt like when I read Genesis and it said that the, the Spirit was hovering over the water. And I got this sense, I was in there and I was like, wow. There's just this, this sense of expectation. That some, and, and nobody's, I didn't see anybody, you know, you know, having these encounters with the Holy Spirit, but I could just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And God said, revival is here. I want you to start telling people in the church. You know, we, we have the privilege, you know, you guys have the privilege of going to churches all over the place and being an evidence that Jesus Christ is active. Go, you know, Go to the deadest church that you know, and you go and you sit in the pew, and you start worshiping, and you know what? Things are going to start happening in that church. That's, what, that's all it takes. You know, you, you can't complain about revival not happening if you're not being the source of that revival. Because when you go and you're willing to let the Holy Spirit use you, he will every single time. Without a shadow of a doubt. And so he just started telling me to, to start declaring that. And, and this year, it's been really interesting. You know, I've gone through so, you know, I, I've done some stupid stuff in my life. And I, I've gotten myself into, in fact, I came to Paul one time and I was in a pit. And, and, he, and he gave me some strong words. In fact, I didn't even know why I went to talk to him because I really didn't want to tell him what I was going through. And he looked at me and he said, John, stick it out. And he said, in fact, and then he said something that made me angry. He said, in two years, God's going to restore you. And you know what? Two years later, and I didn't, I was such a mess. I didn't want to have anything to do with <laughs> ministry or anything. And it, it, just, it just annoyed me. And, uh, and you know what? Two years later, God started releasing me back into ministry. And it was, it's amazing. It's amazing. And so, you know, I, I started, I started uh, praying about uh, this year in December, the last week of December, I was praying, and God said, this is the year that I'm restoring the years that the locusts have eaten. You know, you know what's exciting about that? When God restores what's been stolen, he restores it times seven. Times seven. And, you know, I have to tell you that this year I've been watching God move in ways, and, and I'm, you know, we've been, I, I, some of you may have, know Ed Silvoso and, and, uh, and the Sentinel Group and, all the, and other ministries that are talking about transformation. God has assigned the Twin Cities to be a place of transformation. And, uh, and, and I, I had this experience, you know, I wanted to share about loving your neighbor as yourself. Um, some of you guys have heard about um, uh, going into Frogtown. And, uh, I was, uh, four years ago, I started working down in, at the University of Minnesota at this coffee shop called The Hotspot. And um, I was there for just a short time, and um, this, this woman with two kids came in, 
and she was just black and blue. Her face was just all black and blue, beat up, and she had these little kids with her, and they were scared, and, um, and she came in, and she, she said, um, can I wash your windows? And I looked at her, and I was like, first of all, I didn't really want anybody to wash my windows. You know, I, I didn't have any money to pay anybody to wash my windows, and, uh, but, she, but she said, you know, I'd really like to wash your windows. Can, can I wash your windows? And um, I, I, just, I just felt like, you know, I, I, I had about $20 in my pocket, and then that was it. And, and she said, and I said, all right, you can, you can wash my windows. Come on. And so she went, and I, I just wanted to wash my own windows and give her the $20, but that's not what the Lord told me to do. He said, let her do it. And so she went, she left, and she came back with her husband. And, you know, her husband was beating her. Her husband was beating her up. And she was in this place where she was just stuck in a rut. And, uh, and so I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any authority to tell him what to, I didn't know what to do. I wanted to call the police because it was pretty obvious what was going on. But I, I didn't know what to do, so I just let him wash my windows. And um, he, she, they said, well, can we come back and wash your windows again? And I said, sure. And um, so they started coming back. And every time, almost every time they'd come back, she'd have a different bruise on her face. And um, I was just like, oh, man. And I, it just, it just, you know, I didn't even know what to do. So I'd pray for him. And I would talk to her husband and try. And he was just really, um, I could tell that there was just this heavy oppression on him. And they were, and they were Christians. So, I mean, they talk that they're Christians. But they're in this little family. It's hiding out. And one day she came in to talk to me, and um, she said, you guys need to do something like you're doing right here over in Frogtown. And I, and I said, really? I said, why do, you need, why do you say that? She said, because God's not in Frogtown. Every time a ministry comes into Frogtown, it can't stay because the drug dealers and the prostitutes are taking over and the, and, and, and the gangs, and, and no ministry can make it in Frogtown. When she said that, you know, it ticked me off. I said, you know, I, I, I was, you know, to me it was like a challenge up in my face. And I was like, you know what, my God doesn't leave anywhere. He, he will not, he will come to Frogtown and he will, he, will, he will do a work. And so at that point, you know, I, I just, I decided, right, I mean, I felt like the Lord told me right then that we were going to go and move to Frogtown. And so for the last four years, my wife and I have been praying about when is God going to call us to to go to Frogtown and, 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 and have the Holy Spirit pour out. Well, we, we've waited and waited, and, and last year we thought, well, maybe it was last year, and, um, and, and um, it wasn't. But we just started going down there and praying, and we, <laughs> we go down and we find the place that seems like a heavy place that the Lord's leading us to, and we bring bottles of oil and we just pour it all over. <laughs> Do you want to see God move? Pour oil on the ground, stomp your feet in it, and start walking around. You Do this. I'm going to take every piece of ground that my foot shall walk on in Jesus' name. That's, that, that is how transformation happens. That's how revival happens. Because what happens is you begin to establish the truth about what God's intention is. Because, you know, a place that God shows you, he wants you to take it. He wants you to have it as an inheritance. So, so, we, so we started going down, and, and it's so funny because my wife is just not, she's, she's not one to stomp around like that. <laughs> but, she, but she's just, she's got it. You know, the Holy Spirit's spoken to her. And so we started praying, and, and, uh, and a few months ago I had a vision, and I was praying, and in this vision I, was, I saw this big lot filled with garbage, and it was nasty. It was like 
crap and all kinds of just, it was nasty, rotten food. And I, I was looking at it, and, um, and, and I could see flies buzzing around and everything. And, and God said, go and clean up that pile and uh, go clean up that lot. And so I went, and uh, I went over, and I started sticking my hand in the garbage and pulling stuff out. And all of a sudden, I pulled out a crown. And then I pulled out a diamond. And God started showing me that everything that I needed to see transformation and revival and victory, whatever it was that he wanted to do, was in that pile. That the, the, you know, the, the Bible says, ask of me and I will give you the nations as an inheritance. You know, when we begin to go where God, you know, you know we don't have any money. We don't, we don't have any idea how God's going to do something except for one thing. God always proves himself to be faithful and true. 100% of the time. You know, God told... <laughs> My wife told me uh, over four years ago, one day I woke up and he said, I want you to resign your job and start working for me full time. And you know what? I, I, I've, you know, I've experienced so much pain from being disobedient that when I even think God's talking to me about something, I just have to do it. Because I cannot, I do not want to suffer for my stupidity any longer. So I was there, and I was like, God, is this, are you telling me to do this? And so I just typed up a resignation email, and I sent it before I could even think about it or change my mind. And I resigned. And my boss called me up, and he's like, why are you doing this? You've got to take care of your family. And I said, no, I think that God needs to take care of my family. I need to be obedient to him, and he will provide. You know that up until that month, I was in the red every single month. I mean, I was always playing catch-up on my bills. That month, the next day, I went to a meeting, and at the meeting, I met a guy, and I, and I, and I, and I prayed for this guy, and then this guy was having a problem with his computer. He, he called me up later in the day, and he said, can you come help me? And so I went to help him. He paid me more in four hours than I made the whole month. And I wouldn't have been at the meeting if I'd have been at work, because I would have been at work. And, you know, God has provided now four years, over four years, there's not a month that we've been in the red. I mean, we never know how God's going to provide, but he always provides every single time. Every single time. He's faithful. You know, God loves to prove himself to be true because he can't help. I mean, that's just who he is. He's perfect. He's true. He's without, he's without lack in any way. So this conference, guys... Um, you know, God is, we had this amazing time last year, and, and, uh, and we saw God, we, we, a guy came up to us the last night, and he said, I want deliverance. And, you know, he came up, and we, he, I, I'm like, and he's a Catholic guy, and I'm like, Lord, how do you want to do this? God said, take him to the cathedral and have him pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to come in. So we took him to the cathedral the next day. He prayed, totally delivered. God, God is moving. You know, we, we just did an Alpha course at a Catholic church. In the, la, in, the, in, the, in the session on the Holy Spirit, this girl walked in who had not been to any of the other meetings, a young Hmong woman, and she, she said, um, and we're in the middle of our talk, and she says, can I be filled with the Holy Spirit right now? <laughs> and we're sitting in this, in this Catholic church, and we're like, uh, 
uh, okay. <laughs> and, and, we, and we waited, you know, I said, well, let's wait a few minutes and we're going to finish this meeting. And after we get done with this meeting, then we're going to go, uh, we'll, we'll pray. And so we, about 15 minutes later, we finished. I turned around, the priest was sitting behind me. And I said, uh, Father, um, Father Joseph, would you, Nuku wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Will you pray for her to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And he looked and he's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> We get to do this, you know? And he says, all right. And, and so uh, about 20 of us from the Alpha Course went up to the sanctuary. And uh, he had this, um, one, this young woman who was his evan- one of his evangelists that goes door-to-door praying uh, for people. Get her guitar. She doesn't play the guitar very well, but she got her guitar. And, and, uh, and, and then they got out their songbook, and none of us knew any of the songs. And it, was, it wasn't even like old charismatic songs. There were these new spirit-filled songs that are in the Catholic Church. I'd never even seen it. And, and they opened up the book, and we don't even know how to sing the songs. And so we're, we're sitting there, and we're trying to s- sing the songs, and it just, it, just, it just seemed weird. And we're all singing the songs, and I'm standing over to the side. There's like 20 of us, and about three-quarters of the group are not Catholic. And so we're trying to figure out, well, what are we doing up on the sanctuary of a Catholic church to pray for a girl to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And you know what? We just started... And all of a sudden, we're, we're, it, you know, it felt like a first date. It felt so awkward. <laughs> I mean, we, did, the, we were flat on the notes and everything, and we're just singing. Do you know what happened? All of a sudden, you could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in the room. And it was so sweet. It was so tangible. It was the sweetest experience of the Holy Spirit I've ever encountered. And as we started to sing... Then, the, then all of a sudden, Father Joseph said, um, if anybody has a word that you'd like to share that you think the Holy Spirit is telling you, just share it. And nobody shared anything because they didn't know if it was okay to share a word of the Lord at a Catholic church. <laughs> and, but, but we just moved into it, and, uh, and, and finally, a couple of, the, couple of the, the, the Hmong women that were with us, they went up and they laid hands on Nuku, and all of a sudden, she just started speaking in tongues. Everybody in that group had a change in their life because they were, you know, there were people in that, there were, I remember when we first started that group, somebody said, well, I heard the Pope's the Antichrist. I mean, that's some doctrine that some people believe. But, you know, when we came together and we took time to learn how to love each other, to overcome, like, these barriers and these things that, we didn't, we, that we'd heard do you know that the presence of God and the Holy Spirit that came in that place was the best I've ever experienced? Yeah. You know, we're entering a season that we've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. You know, we, uh, we just went down to Mexico, and uh, as we were getting ready to go to Mexico, there was about 25 of us. Um, we, people, somebody called my wife and they said, are you taking your kids down to Mexico? Don't, don't you realize that the cartel is kidnapping people and killing them down in Mexico? And, and, and uh, we, we kept hearing this. And, you know, when, when I heard somebody say that, it just made me mad because we already are uncomfortable. We're trying to figure out how to raise all this money and take this trip down here. And here come people telling us, the most terrible thing that you can think of. You know, your kid's getting kidnapped and murdered. 
And so we, we started preparing and we got together and we prayed and, and, uh, and we heard it over and over and over again. We went down to Mexico and we, we didn't know what we were going to do except we were going to have this crusade. And we got down there and um, the first day we were walking down the street and there was two guys that looked, looked, like, looked, like, uh, looked like street guys out in the street and God said to go over and ask them to come into our prayer. We were doing a harp and bowl prayer room type thing. And it said, ask them to come in. And they said, no, we're going to go over there. We have to go talk to somebody. And they started laughing, and they took off. And um, the Lord said, go and get them and bring them into the prayer. So I went into the house, and I got a guy that was with us. And we, we went over there and went back in this back lot. And when we were back there, there were six guys back there. And this is like 930 in the morning, and they're drinking tequila. And, uh, and, there, and one guy is just totally drunk, and the others are just starting to drink. And, and, uh, and so we walk up, and we said hello to them, and we said, how are you? And they're like, what are you doing here? Ha, ah, you know, and, and they're drinking. And, and I said, well, we came to bring you to prayer, and, uh, and we want you to come. No, 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 it's not appropriate. We're drinking. We don't want to come. And they're laughing. And I said, well, God told me to come get you. And we're not going to leave until you come with us. <laughs> so we're, so we're I was standing there, and I, it was very awkward. <laughs> very, very awkward. And, uh, and so this guy's looking at me, and he starts pouring some tequila into a cup, the guy that the Lord... And I reached out and took the tequila away from him and put it down. I said, I'm not going to leave until you come with me. And, uh, and so we're, we're there, and, and the guys are... It's just really kind of nervous and tense and, and, and weird and... Feel really, I feel it really kind of stupid, but we know that God has told us to do it, right? So my friend, he, this one guy, it turns out that this one guy is totally drunk. This older guy is his uncle. And so he grabs his uncle, and his uncle is almost like passing out, and he almost carries him into, around the corner into the prayer room. And then I grabbed Francisco. I said, come on, Francisco, you're going to come with us. And, uh, and, and so he goes, oh, okay, and he comes we went over, we got in the room, as soon as, and, the, and, our, and our intercessors had already started praying. They were singing, and they were worshiping, and they were praying. And we walked in the room, and as soon as we got in there, um, both guys started weeping. One guy was just drunk, so he's just weeping because he's drunk. The other guy, you know, he, he, he just starts, he starts, starts weeping, and um, all of a sudden he gets up, and he starts repenting. For all the men of Mexico. And I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, let's, you know, your thought is, no, I want to lead you to Jesus. No, he's going to repent for everybody in Mexico. And he starts saying, you know, as men, we've, we, we've, we've done evil things, we've done wicked things, and we've, uh, you know, we've been, we've, we've, because, because we're lost, we've gotten involved with cartels. And he starts, we've killed people. And, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is intense, you know? and and it was and, and it was Second Chronicles seven fourteen. I mean, he he's totally unchurched, and he starts, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their lands. So I'm like, wow, this is this is awesome, you know. And we're filming it and taking pictures and praying for him. And I went and ran to get my Bible, and and I came back, and he he had left. And I was like, oh. And, um, and, uh, and so I was like, all right. And so we just start worshiping. I felt like I'd done my thing. All of a sudden, he comes back. And when we were with that group, there was one guy. He was just dark, just dark, dark, dark. And he brought his friend. And he said, 
I have to go get my friend. I'll be right back because he's so bad. He needs this now. So he, gra- he went and got this guy and brought him back. And all of a sudden, and, bo- and now all three of them are weeping. And this guy, snot's running out of his nose. And, and, he, and he starts manifesting this intense demonic stuff. And we're now we're really like, okay, you know, because our kids are there. I mean, we've got, we've got six kids with us in this mission trip. My, uh, some of you guys know my twins. And, and so they're running around playing, and we've got guys manifesting and guys confessing and guys <laughs> drinking. And it doesn't seem right because we're in a prayer room, you know. So we're in a prayer room, and all this stuff's going on. And, uh, and, and so we started praying, and we started going through this process. God told us to wash this guy's feet, so got down and started washing his feet, and then he had these ties on his ankle, and the Lord said they were demonic, so we cut them off. And so we just start doing these things, and we get two, about two hours into it, and all of a sudden God says, stop. And we stopped, you know, and we're, we're like, well, we should try to get this guy to confess. And he's still manifesting all this stuff. And, uh, and so we stopped, and they left. And um, we just started doing our mission stuff, our plan that we had. Two days later, they came back, and they were terrified. And uh, we started asking, you know, we, we, they, they started telling us, um, we're dead. We're, we're going to get killed. The cartel's going to kill us. And, 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 and we, they're not really telling us everything. We, and, and part of it is it just it was really making us uncomfortable because they were saying they're going to cut our heads off. They're going to kill us. Everything that we'd heard that they were going to do to us, they're talking about is going to get done to them. Finally, um, the one guy says, we went back to our base. We're in the cartel. We went back to our base, and um, our, our, our gang had kidnapped a woman, and we were holding her for ransom. And so we felt like God told us to go and change bosses. So we took her and back home, and we asked her to forgiveness, and we let her go. And now we want to know Jesus. And they prayed, and they received Christ. And we ended up baptizing one of them. The other went back to his family. You know, the devil's just a stinking liar. You know, you know the thing that the enemy had come at us with was the very thing that God brought victory from. And we came with kids, praying for people to be healed. We came, a, a third of our team was, uh, was Kelly and Duachi. We had, a third of our group was Hmong. It was the funnest, you know, Take Hmong people to Mexico, and you're going to have fun. I'll tell you right now. We, we had the best time I have ever had in my life. You know, I'm sharing all this with you guys because these are, these are times that people have been praying for. You know, there's people that have died waiting for times like these. In fact, in Hebrews it says that there's people that by faith were waiting, and they, and they, and they prayed, and they died. And they haven't seen what we get to see right now. This, this is a time, you know, this conference, I was praying about what is this conference about. And you know what we have is we have fathers and sons and mothers and daughters. But we have, we have a generation that's been moving in the Holy Spirit uh, for, 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 for 40 years. It was about how long ago, Paul, did you get filled with the Holy Spirit? A while ago. You know, my father, my father was filled with the Holy Spirit in 1967 when I was four. And he left seminary. 
Um, he was going to Luther, and he got filled with the Holy Spirit, and he left, and we went on this journey. So that, that was 44 years ago, because I'm 48. So, you know, for 40 years, for, in 1960s, God started to pour out in a mighty way. You know, 40 years is a biblical generation. You know, you guys are coming into a move of the Holy Spirit that nobody's ever seen before, because it's, it's, it's heralding the coming of the king. You know, Jesus is coming back for a bride. He's not coming back for a harem. He's not coming back for churches. He's coming back for his church. And you know who that is? Us. It's us. Do you know how Christ is going to come? When we're one, just like he's one. We have the, you know, when you go out on the streets, every single person you see is a candidate for eternal life. It's serious business. It is, so, you know, the, the, this, can you throw that picture up? This is our, this is our, uh, this is our lot filled with garbage. So we, so we, so we, we went down, we, we started going around Frogtown. <laughs> we spent four months, we looked at like 40 houses. We, we've been in, uh, See that? That is the future. That, you know what's going to, you know, there's going to come a time when I come back here, and you know what you're going to see when you look at this? Transformation. You know, God delights in doing amazing things. And so we didn't, we didn't even have any money. I mean, we went down. I, I was walking. See the sign right here? Down payment, $400. Monthly four fifty five and a phone number on a piece of thing. We actually went to look at a house that was on this side over here, and we were walking in the street, and all of a sudden we could feel the. We didn't even look at the house. I, I mean, I couldn't take this sign seriously, to be honest with you. <laughs> we we were walking in the street, and all of a sudden we felt the Holy Spirit just in the street. It you know God is moving in the streets right now. If you want to see a miracle. Go out in the street and ask them to do one. And you will see a miracle. So I'm walking, and all of a sudden, the presence of the Holy Spirit, I wasn't even paying attention to these houses. I was standing over here in the street, and the presence of the Holy Spirit, my wife felt it. The real estate agent that was with us, she felt it. We started running up and down the street trying to figure out what to do because the Holy Spirit was in the street. And half the houses on the street are empty. I mean, the amazing thing is right now, places that were bad areas, there's nobody that lives there anymore. They're empty. All, you know, so many people, on the, 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 many of the people, you know, this, this place is ripe for God to do something significant. So we've been out, just, so, so we go out, we call up, and, and before we know it, we have somebody that's willing us to give us a contract for a thousand bucks. And I didn't even have a thousand bucks. So I said, well, God, if this is what you want to do, you're going to have to give us with a thousand, give us the money. So I, I, was, uh, I went over to go pray for this guy, and um, I prayed for him, and, I, and all of a sudden the Lord said, ask him to pray for an anointing. He has an anointing for business. Ask him to pray for an anointing for what I want you to do. And so I prayed. I asked him if he'd pray for me. He prayed for me, and he says, you know, for the past couple of days, God's been telling me I need to write a check to somebody. I'm going to write you a check. He wrote me a check for $500. And then I got home, and there was a check on my table for $300. Oh. 
And I had $160, so I figured I'm only $40 short of $1,000, Lord, so I'm just going to go for it. You know, I figure I'm going to find a way to come up with the other, you know, $40 somehow. The next morning, $200 shows up. I didn't even have to do anything except say yes. You know what? God is calling us to say yes. This is a time, you know, as we've been out here, we pray for people over and over and over again. People, now a lot of this has started to change, but we already planted gardens. We planted gardens, three community gardens for this lady. This lady's house, lady lives in this house. Her name is Kia. She's a single mom with three, three kids. She had three community garden plots that were all filled with weeds. And I went over and I said, would you like to have a garden in there? And she says, well, I bought some plants a while ago, $100 worth of plants, and I killed them so fast, I can't do it. I says, well, let, we'll do it for you. And we got to pray for her. As we were digging, you know, now we got a lot of work to do, but God said, don't work on this house, work on the gardens for this lady. So we're working on the gardens for this lady. We get, um, we get Burmese people that walk up to us that we get to pray for. We get uh, um, Vietnamese people that come up that we get to pray for them. We got Hispanic people coming up. They're trying to figure out what we're doing. Why are we cleaning up this lady's garden when we're trying to work on this house? They can't figure it out. But you know what? They come up, and we get to pray for them. Yet two days ago, Angela, a black woman who lives right behind me, she walked up. She, just start, she started saying, Pastor, Pastor. I said, I'm not a pastor. <laughs> she, and I said, I'm a, I'm a, she says, what are you? I said, I'm an evangelist. She says, I don't know what that is. Will you pray for me? <laughs> I said, all right, I'll pray for you. you know? I'm telling you guys, this is the season that we're in right now. You know, I was thinking about loving God and loving your neighbor. And, and, the, and the verses that Paul was talking about, you know, I want to encourage you, if you want to be challenged, read Isaiah 58. Because, you know, Isaiah 58 is about us making judgments that have no value. And about religious people making judgments. They think that if they do something a certain way that God's going to bless them. And God says... You're fasting to please yourselves. You're not fasting for me. This is the kind of fast I want. I want you to extend your soul. I want to extend yourself to the hungry. I want you to satisfy the afflicted soul. If you do these things, then your life will be like your life will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring of water that does not fail. And it says that those from among you will build up the old waste places, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of streets to dwell in. You know, God gave me that verse when I went into missions. And he said, John, your name is Restorer of the Breach and the Restorer of Streets to Dwell in. And, you know, I started praying about loving God and loving our neighbor. And it's interesting because you've got God and you've got neighbor. And so here's me. You know, the first thing, it says love your neighbor as yourself. You know, you have to love yourself. You know, you have to understand that the value that God has placed in you so much that he would give his son. And he says, first, he says, you have to love yourself, but love God and love your neighbor. And you know what happens? All of a sudden, you're in the middle, and you become the repairer of the breach. Here's this breach between all these people that don't know God, and here's God and God's love, and they need love. And so what happens is God puts his love in us, and he gives us the capacity. And you know, the Bible says that we love because he first loved us. 
You know, we, have a, we, we can't love because we take five steps to love. You love because you have a revelation. When you experience love, you can't tell somebody, you know, you need, you need to just go and love somebody. You have to show them love so that they experience love, so that they encounter love. And all of a sudden what happens is you've got God and you've got your neighbor and you're loving. All of a sudden you're in the middle. The space between it is filled with you. You become the person. You become the resource through love that brings this person to God. It says that everything is fulfilled. When you, when you do these two things, everything else falls into place. You know, I wanted to just turn this back to you guys now. And, and uh, you know, the information about the conferences here, we're doing 10 days. You know, when we started thinking about doing a, a, a Pentecost um, conference, God said, you need to pray for 10 days. You know, Pentecost is about guys that went and prayed in a room for 10 days. So on Friday, we start 10 days of prayer in the Pentecost. We're going to go to um, seven different locations. We're starting at Way of the Lord. We're going down to, we, we got invited by the bishop to pray for 20 hours at St. Thomas. We're praying down at a high school in Eden. There's all these, all these different places that God's given us to go pray. And then there's a conference. And if you want information, you can just look on the back. This is going to be an amazing time. Because things that have never, there's never been a time where the bishop of the archdiocese has gone and spoken at an Assemblies of God church. (laughs) It's a first. It's a first. So I want to encourage you to press into this season right now. You know, even as we've been preparing, God's, you know, when you start thinking about all these things that you get to do, it can very easily start to feel overwhelmed. You start thinking, i got to do this and i got to do this. You know what God keeps saying? Wait. Wait on me. Be still. And you know, when he, you know, one of the things that I've experienced with with God in my life is just simple things. You You know, I could get in trouble for saying this. If God tells you to resign your job, resign your job. If he tells you to go and talk to somebody in the street, go talk to somebody in the street or in a hospital. If he goes and he says, tell your mother that you love her and you're sorry for being a pain to her, go do it. You know, God is very practical and he always brings fruit. So I just want to, you know, Clint, I want to bring you back up. Or Paul. And I, and, uh, <laughs> and I, and I, and I think that the, the ministry time that we are going to have is going to be uh, us loving each other. That's what I got. Jennifer and his children. I thank you for that you've burned in their heart and given them a desire to touch other people with your love and power. Thank you that they don't do it just in words, but they do it in deed. They do it by planting and reaping. Thank you for the harvest that is coming because they have been willing to sow. 
we reap what we sow. We sow love and we reap a bountiful harvest. Thank you for this night, Heavenly Father. Thank you. May John leave and Paul leave enriched because they have been here, because they have given out of a kind heart. So now turn to somebody near you. In a moment we're going to, if you're new, you grab something to eat if you want to. Just in a few moments and we'll go upstairs. Or if you have questions about what happened tonight and you want to talk about that, you're not new but you still have questions, you can do that. But uh, what's, the, what's the second part of the first commandment? Love others as you love yourself. So um, think about how you want to love somebody near you. Just start thinking about it. What would that be? Would it be to say something to them? Would it be to give them a prophetic word? Maybe God will give you something to say to them. Maybe it'll be to pray. Or maybe it'll be just to look in their face and say, you know, you got a great smile. <laughs> or I like your hat. <laughs> but love somebody in some specific way. And then we'll have kids up in the front that will be available to pray with you. If you're saying, well, I've heard enough about the Holy Spirit. I think I want to be prayed for. Holy Spirit, or if you have a need, physical, emotional need, what prayer? We're rejoicing with Robert. His his cancer has uh, what do we call it? Stable. Stable. And so we want to believe that not only will it stabilize, it will be eradicated. For that, we believe for that for our brother Robert. Okay, I want to bless you guys, and then you turn to somebody near you. I'm going to head upstairs, and you follow me. My wife keeps telling me, Tell them they can get their food first. It's there when they get back. That may not be. The Lord told Moses to give these words to Aaron, to give them the pe- to the people, and would actually impart something that God wanted to give them. He wanted to give them peace. And by speaking these words, peace can actually be imparted. It's not just a way to end the Lutheran service. <laughs> it's a way to give them peace to people. So, you ready for it? Yes. Okay. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. You got it.